to Everything's Interesting, the podcast that's going to kick the burger. We're going to do it. Yeah, we're going to kick the burger. We're going to kick that burger to the moon. My name is Justin Blizzard, and I'm here with Keith Krepko. Keith, how was your week? Uh, it was good. How was yours? It's been all right. I, um, I wanted to talk really quickly up top here. <clears throat> About uh, water. About sure. how much water, drinking water. How much water I've been drinking mm-hmm. lately. So, my wife has gone on this kind of semi-health kick mm-hmm. about soda, where she's trying not to. I think it's caffeine or something. Right. So anyway, I'm fine with it. Whatever. Like I'll eat whatever you put in front of me, pretty much. Yeah. I'll drink whatever we have, pretty much. And so when she stopped buying soda and stuff, I've just been drinking water. And yeah. I've been sick recently, too. So I've been trying to drink a lot of water. Right. Oh, okay. I thought, you, I, for a second, I thought you were going to make the correlation between being drink, sick, being sick and, and drinking, drinking water. water. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could. I wish I could. But I can say this. In all my life, I've never been more consistently thirsty than I've been since I've started to drink water. Right. And... I am not satisfied in really? any way by drinking water. And See, I is that a sign of how unhealthy I think so. Because I well I'm I'm by no means healthy, but Oh yeah, well I I but I love to drink water. And even I think even if it did make me more thirsty, I wouldn't mind it because of how much I love to drink I hate water. It. <laughs> it's it's like drinking it really is like drinking nothing. And oh, I I, love I it. can't it's it's I I like watching people drink water like on movies when mm. they're in the desert and mm-hmm. they want to drink. It's amazing to watch them drink water visually. Visually, visually, it's appealing. Visually, drinking water is one of the best. But in things practice, ever. it falls apart. In you. practice, this is like the most disappointing thing I've ever experienced Man. in my life. I would I would say that drinking water when I'm really thirsty is one of the most satisfying experiences in my life. I have to totally disagree hmm. because I am you've watched me drink this bottle of water that mm-hmm. I have right here. I'm almost done with it and I immediately want another one, not because I liked it, but because I'm still thirsty. That, it has done nothing to That sounds my like thirst. heaven to me. <laughs> it's terrible. It's like a hell. It's like a perpetual hell. And all I do is I keep opening up the refrigerator thinking that just stuff is going to appear. And I will take anything right now. Like, we don't have juice in our house right mm-hmm. now. I, like, have the shakes, like, thinking about <laughs> something else than water. Maybe you're just, like, reaching uh, uh, some sort of valley, right? Well, well, that that's my other question for you is, is this a turning point? Yeah. Is, is my yeah. body finally going to going to click? It's I think gonna so. Turn it. Turn a corner, and all of a sudden I'm going to realize this is what my body's been needing. Right. And I can't drink soda anymore right. moving forward. I don't yeah, think so. You're, I think so. You're like a, an alcoholic. Yeah. Who really wants to drink. Yeah. And and uh, and I, I, I can't wait. Like, I, I have no desire to keep drinking water. I can't wait to go to the grocery store again. Yeah. And buy anything other than water. Really? That's so surprising. I think it's it's always been surprising to me when people don't like to drink water. It's like it's like the uh, the basic thing you need to live. Water my is body. so great. Hmm. My body either doesn't need it or it's actively trying to kill itself. <laughs> it's done. 
it's done and it's like whatever you're giving me i want this but it's water you need it no i don't <laughs> yeah well speaking of uh uh perpetual hells i i had an interesting experience last week i went to um, they just built a Jimmy John's across the street from where I work. Yeah, who makes your sandwich before you can even order it. Exactly, yeah. right? Man, so I went to Jimmy John's, and this is the only, literally the only only the second time I've ever been to Jimmy John's. Right. I was like, just let me, let me try it out, right? Yeah. So I pull up, and as I pull up, I see a Jimmy John's employee come sprinting full <laughs> speed from the Jimmy John's door to what I'm guessing is his personal car. It's not doesn't have a Jimmy John sign or anything on it. Right. And he's sprinting with a sub in hand and a drink in hand. Right. And I didn't really think much of it. I just thought, you know, maybe this guy's like excited to get to his lunch break or whatever. Yeah. So I go inside and like you say, I order my food and I start to walk down. Like I just totally unassuming. I'm walking down to the end of the counter to just sort of like hang out and wait for my food. And, and as there. I get to the end, someone just juts out this sub towards me and says the name of it. And it totally caught me off guard. Right. And I'm just, and then I'm thinking like, like, how does this like. This is too fast. Yeah. Th- it's too fast. Like, this is not comforting a, to it, me. It, yeah. It's like Taco Bell food being too cheap. Right. You get to a point of cheapness where you actually start hurting yourself because I'm like, there's no way given like how much it costs to raise a normal cow. That this right. meat came from that kind yeah. of a cow, right? Yeah, and it it just is so unsettling. Yeah, you it just is like how how did they make my sandwich that fast, right? I and I was kind of expecting like a subway experience where it's like they ask you what you want on your sub or whatever, but then they've got like the thing blocked off. Oh, like yeah. they've got an open counter, you can't see it, but they've got their glass blocked off, so that's even more unsettling. And they've got a cha- did they have like a like a chain? Yeah, like there's the, the so one guy many like people there. The, yeah, and, and I feel like my my feeling is like whenever they see a customer that like there's this internal like sweat and tension that <laughs> happens where you see the guy who's like. His hands are like already hovering over right. kind of what meat yeah. you know he thinks you're yeah. gonna go for. Um, but I, I want to uh, challenge you to up the unsettling kind of uh, unsettlingness of Jimmy John's. Mm-hmm. Next time you go in, take a look at their signs. The yeah. signs no, that they post that. around their stuff. Those signs are unsettling. Yeah, they are either wildly inappropriate signs. Yeah. Or they're the dumbest signs I've ever seen in my yeah. life. Yeah. And a lot of them talk about how fast they are, right? And how fast oh. their delivery is. And that was my, and that was the other thing. So I'm already unsettled by the – and like you said, there's a hundred employees in there. Yeah. And I haven't been to Subway in a really long time. But, like, there's some Subways you walk into and, like, you're lucky if there's anybody in there. Oh, right? yeah. Like, the, you the, can the walk into Subway and think, like, is this the... place, a, did I just walk into an abandoned building? Right. right. <laughs> or you're like, if I peek over the side of the food, am I going to see somebody unconscious <laughs> yeah, on the other like, side of there? Passed out. Like... Passed out. <laughs> or robbed. Has this place been robbed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I get my food, I get my drink, and I'm, like, rack, trying to rack my brain. How did they do this so quickly? I go back out, and I sit in my um, car to eat my lunch. And as I'm sitting in my car, I no lie, see four different Jimmy John's employees sprint from the door to their Jimmy John's car to go make a delivery. Yeah. And it's like, 
Like, first of all, you're saving yourself maybe 30 seconds on that delivery by less. sprinting. Less. L- less, right? Yeah. 30 seconds is generous. And not only that, you also now have to think about, like, what if you're sprinting and, you like, it's easy to trip when you sprint, mm-hmm. right? You've just started the process all over. Oh, yeah, but but they don't care, Justin, because the whole process itself takes 10 seconds. <laughs> so, true. I mean, I guess if, you're, true. if you're saving a net of 11 seconds, yeah. that gives you another window to yeah. get another sub made yeah. in, in out in the second. But then I, I could only imagine these 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 workers, like, pulling up to wherever they're pulling up to deliver. First of all, like... Uh, well, whatever. I mean, to deliver a sub it's and, like a, an action and a movie. soda to somebody, It's like right? an action movie. And I, all I can imagine is, like, them sprinting up to deliver a sub yeah. and soda to somebody. And, like, how much of a monster I would feel like if I had ordered delivery and I see the person, like, sprinting, sprinting. towards me in, like, 90-degree heat. Right. And just is like, hey, man, like, it, this is not that important. And, it's and, a and, sub. And they're, they're proud of the fact that they do free delivery because there's right. a Jimmy John's right by my place. Mm-hmm. And people are... Like in my office, we'll ask me like, oh, why don't we just order Jimmy John's? I'm like, we're not ordering Jimmy John's. Have you seen those people? Yeah. And with the way that they behave, there's something nefarious going on. <laughs> and I'm putting somebody's life at risk. Yeah. If I order right. and all of a sudden, yeah, they find out like you tripped halfway through and fell on the sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Like get in the box. <laughs> like I'm not putting that on my conscience. Yeah, right? I'll just go there and have my sandwich made in five seconds right. and then leave. It's so much, you're putting so much pressure on the person, not just the people working there, but the person ordering it. Like you're burdening everyone's conscience for a sub. Well, here's my challenge to you ne- next time. When you order start demanding that they make it faster. Like I actually think that's the one restaurant where where they'll actually like appreciate it. So that you give them a sense of accomplishment right. for you do like go in there and order and be like I'll have a veto no onions and I need that fast. I need yeah. you to be back at work right now. Yeah. And watch they'll probably you'll, you'll make their day. So <laughs> yeah. I think you I think that's the way we should order now at Jimmy John's. Sure. With uh, under a false pretense of of rush, yeah. of being rushed. Yeah, maybe I should try sprinting into in the there. store, right? And then, like, as I'm ordering, I'm running in place. No, right? no, run up to the glass. Don't go in and bang on the glass and shout your order from outside. <laughs> right. And then just hold up your money and, and yeah, like constantly yeah. tell or them to run in. Shout my order to the cashier and throw my card or cash down and then run to the other end of the counter so last, I can beat them to it. Last joke, run in there, <laughs> place your order, pay, and then say that you're going to start running back to work <laughs> right. and you want to do a, a handoff, like an Olympic relay handoff. And so you'll just be running with your hand behind you, waiting for them to hand you the sub. <laughs> All right, well... Well, and with all of that being said, I can almost guarantee you I am never going to a Jimmy John's again. It was so unnerving for me just like to to work that hard and that fast and to be sprinting for subs. It just is like it doesn't make any sense to me. It's just very it was very unsettling. Well, it I think you need to get a, day. I think you need to get a summer job there, go through their training, <laughs> and maybe there's a video that will explain yeah. it all to you yeah. and you realize you're not just crafting subs, Justin. You're crafting the very essence that keeps people alive. <laughs> right. And that needs to be done with care, diligence, and speed. Right. But above all, speed. <laughs> above right. all, speed. If you can't do care and diligence, you have to do speed. If Jimmy John was known for one thing when he was alive, 
It was speed. <laughs> it was the fact that he did not take his time on anything. anything. <laughs> okay, well, enough Jimmy John's talk. Enough, enough Jimmy Johnning. Yeah. <laughs> um, today we are going to be talking about a movie, found, a found footage movie slash fake documentary mm-hmm. called uh, The Dirties. On Netflix. Um, it is on Netflix. Watch instantly. Um, we After that, we will move into what's trending on Twitter. And we will close with a discussion of last show's recommendations. But first, we will take a break, and we'll come back with the dirties. Found footage movie, you know, slash, I wouldn't say mockumentary because it's not. Doesn't mockumentary have more of a comedic yeah. identity? But, but the movie does have humor to it, but mm-hmm. I, I think it's more of a, well, it's found footage, right? Yeah, that, that's what footage. it is. So, you know, it's so more or less like an office style handheld. Uh, it's supposed to be found footage, right? Yeah. But... Uh, and before I, I go into the overview, I feel like I might say this before every single movie we watch. And maybe that just speaks to my preference of how I like to watch movies. But I think it would be interesting for you, for someone to watch this not knowing anything about it. Right. right? So um, so that's just something to keep in mind. If, if, it's, if, if, this, is a, if this is something that, is, that you think you might watch, I would recommend... Go ahead and watching it. It's an hour and a half long at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and then coming back to the review. But a, a quick overview of the movie is it's a found footage uh, movie about a uh, two high school friends who are making a movie for their film class. And um, it, it's, it explores sort of bullying you know, high, typical high school life. You know, they're they're nerds, and it's all filtered through like their obsession, their film obsessions, like right, Tarantino. Exactly. Well, it, it's filtered through one character's film film uh, obsessions, obsessions yeah. right? And and that's the that's uh, his name's Matt Johnson. He's the writer, director, producer of the movie. He stars in the movie. He plays Matt in the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's two high school buddies. They're they're making a film. For their film class in high school, they show it. It gets ridiculed more or less. Matt comes back with the idea of doing a school shooting. Doing a school shooting, basically. And I think his buddy is, you know, whether it starts off as a joke or not. I don't think his buddy realizes the weight of it and is just sort of going along throughout the course of the movie. They tend they start to drift apart, and the movie. Uh, and and then that leads to the movie's climax. I won't give it away right now, just just you know in case. Um, but like I said, I would I would recommend 
seeing it before listening any further, if it's something you're interested in. But with that being said, um, the trailer was something that you, Keith, showed me a while ago. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, well, I guess I should say there was a point last week where I had more or less eight hours on my hand. And the only thing I could really do would be to watch movies on my laptop. So I texted you and I was like, give me three movies that I can watch right. uh, on Netflix. And one of them was The Dirties. And unfortunately, like the one day I forget my charger at home or the one day I need my charger, I leave it at home. So I was only able to watch The Dirties. And that's what I ended up watching. But as soon as I started watching it, I remembered the trailer that you had showed me. Right. Which was a while ago. I mean, right. this movie is from 2013, right? I think even earlier, I think it, it was shot and played at a few film festivals. Right. Then it came out on demand in 2013. Yeah. And then it came on Netflix streaming in 2014. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so all that to say, you know, the, the trailer is, the trailer sort of plays up to a certain expectation. Right. Um, and so, 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 what did you think of the trailer? And then, how did that? How, you know, what did you think of the movie? Yeah, I think so. One thing that got me about the 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 trailer was some of the early coverage when it played in film festivals, and people were saying that it was amazing and shocking, and you know, all that stuff that you know kind of gets you interested. Just right. the buzzwords. Right. And so, I watched the trailer. I thought the trailer was intriguing in the sense of these two bullied kids who are making a film about these bullies who they called the dirties. And it seemed to have a specific voice, which is something I'm interested in in terms of film. That's not just somebody who I feel like it's just aping somebody else and doesn't have a perspective. Yeah. So I thought that was intriguing. And then also I was interested to see what they would do with that story, how far they would push it. And I find stuff like that inherently intriguing. I think anybody would where you have somebody taking on a controversial subject and you're either like, this is going to be just a wildly inappropriate train wreck, which will be something that you can talk about. Or this is going to be a provocative, interesting look at a tough subject. Um, and so I think I was intrigued. I think I think the the trailer does a good you know job of kind of presenting what it is, and then also teasing this big finale, right? That that's going to you know maybe lead up into. So it set expectations for me on what kind of film I was going to get. Yeah, and I think it made me think of something a little more exploitative than what I got. Yeah, and and before uh you move into what you thought of the movie, I I th- I don't know if we said this or not, but ultimately the uh, you know and you know, spoiler alert, spoiler warning, the 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 movie is about a school shooting, right? Right. And that's why I think if you go into it not knowing what it's about, I I'm just would be interested in that perspective. Right. Um, going into it, having watched the trailer and knowing what it was about, you have those I had that expectation. But right. anyways, so so that's what it's building up to. Right. Um, so when you talk about, you know, what you thought of the movie, one of the things I read 
Um, one of the sort of common complaints I read of the movie after watching it was that they felt the handling of the whole subject matter was disrespectful. So just so so when you talk about um, if you like the movie or not, just you know, I'm interested to know if you felt like that it handled the the subject matter well or if it was unearned or disrespectful. Right. right. Uh, I mean, I. Spoiler warning, I guess, on my take on that, I don't feel like it was exploitative, uh, and I and I thought that it did have a perspective on on what it was trying to say. Uh, now, as far as the film itself, I think that I there are parts that work wildly better than other parts in the film, and I think the film does manage to swing kind of to both extremes before kind of I think settling. Somewhere above the, you know, I kind of liked it line into a, I, I liked it mm-hmm. legitimately. Mm-hmm. And I think, so, you know, for, for me in, in the film, um, I, I thought it overreached a bit of on its goals of what mm-hmm. it was trying to do. Um, but I thought Matt Johnson, I think, who writer, director actor star uh i think that guy is an interesting presence yeah on screen definitely and i think is an interesting kind of person uh in, in terms of how he was dealing with this subject matter so do you agree with that because i think he's a big part to whether or not this story works oh absolutely because it pretty much hinges on, on well, yeah. his on his move from being a comedic kind of uh, talking to little kids about his film and how excited he is about this stupid kind of action film he's creating to this kid who's you know doing pulling the trigger on on you know some bullies. I think Matt Johnson is amazing. Like yeah. just period. Like yeah. he wrote like I said he wrote directed produced starred in the movie and I think um I think his transition is throughout the movie is so good. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you said that, you know, you know, he starts off as this sort of funny, goofy kid. And in the end, he's a kid who's shooting people in a school, but he doesn't really change that much from the kid in the beginning. You know, it's not this, like, it's not this, there's not necessarily like a defined turning point where it's like, oh, he's no longer making jokes. Like he's making jokes throughout the whole movie. Right. Um, you get, you know, scenes later on where he's. Uh, you know, reading the Columbine book and 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 he's 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 exploring the definition of a psychopath, and then that sort of throws him on this tangent of like, could I be a psychopath? Right. And, and you know what he is. Well, like, well, I found that part to be the the key of the film for me. Was after he encounters that, and then there's a scene the night before he goes in to do the shooting where he's talking to his mother. Right. And he's asking her, like, could he be a psychopath? Right. And it's this quiet moment in a character who quite possibly has ADD in the way that he's just constantly jumping back and forth around things where you see him quietly contemplating himself to the best that he can at that moment and really kind of, coming to terms with what he's about to do in, in a certain respect, which, which then you see the next day that he is kind of, again, disassociated from what, from what he did. Like he does not fully understand uh, 
you know, or, or, or comprehend, you know, the reality of what he did. Yeah. It's still to him in some ways a movie, you know? Yeah. Um, that I found, I found that, that scene, if you did not clue into the scene of him talking to his mother around the dishes and did not feel kind of emotionally connected to that, I could see how you could watch the whole film and be like, you know, that there's nothing there. Right. Uh, but for me, there, there, there was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, there's, there's so many, there's so many different ways I want to go. All right, go. But, um, yeah, I, I, I think the, the movie does, I, one of the things that, that I'm interested, um, to talk to you about is the representation of, of bullying that one of the sort of key features of this movie are, you know, the, the group of bullies in the school who are known as the dirties. Um, and that's more or less. You could say, well, I wouldn't even say I wouldn't say it's the catalyst for his actions, I guess. But what did you feel about the the representation of bullying in the film? Like, did you relate to that at all? Did you think it was like accurate? Mm-hmm. You know, do you think it was like just how did it make you feel? I guess I I think it it adequately can. Conf- conveyed the frustration of the characters i think there's something to be said about how obtuse especially matt is in the face of the bullies that he would show the film that he made and not expect to be bullied in the way that he is that was one thing that i was like he's like like the the scene the the scene where the bullying really picks up when he's showing it is is where he's dressed up as a woman Right, singing Malkovich, Malkovich, Malkovich from being like, and it's like, you like you have to be, you have to know that that's going to ma- get made fun of, right? But at the same time, that's something like I, that's something that like, I won't say it hit home with me because I was not bullied a lot Come when on. I when I was in school. Come on. <laughs> right, turn like, down the lights. Like, but that's that's the thing. That's the thing. That's the thing about bullying. About like. About and being in high school and being like on the receiving side of bullying, like, like I, I had enough. I want to say common sense, but I think that's kind of mean to the people who got bullied a lot. Right. But I had enough knowledge to know, like, if I do this thing, people are going to make fun of me. Right. So instead of being bullied, which I was occasionally in high school, I just kept to myself. You know what I mean? I didn't right. talk to a lot of people. I didn't put myself out there because I know if I did or if I and it, and it wasn't accepted, I would get made fun of by a lot of people, yeah. right? But there seems to be this sort of like type of kid in high school who almost is like welcoming it. You yeah. know what I mean? And I feel yeah. like that's more or less what Matt's character is. Yeah. I don't think I don't think obviously I don't think he wants to be bullied, but I guess he's maybe like unaware of it or i don't know there's just so many kids i can think of from high school who were like who would get picked on a lot and all i remember thinking to myself is just like why don't you just stop just stop it you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. just like 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 don't say anything to that person yeah you know what i mean and obviously you're they're still going to get bullied to some point but like to a certain but it'll be better you know what i mean yeah yeah i think i think what what struck me was matt's friend more than yeah more than matt himself and i forgot his name you saw this more recently than than i did uh i don't remember it either right i felt like his character was the weakest in the film mm-hmm. in the sense of 
he's the one who shows a little more kind of connection with the real world and kind of seems to have more sense. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time does not seem to help Matt understand, Hey buddy, if you dress up like this and you sing Malkovich, number one, no one's going to know what you're talking (laughs) about. And number two, everyone's going to make fun of you. Like, he seems to be as oblivious in a way that I I really had to strain credulity um, to go with. And also, I did not like how they took his character, mainly that he all of a sudden starts getting popular for for no real reason yeah, well, and starts growing apart kind, from that. Yeah, it's kind of the stereotypical like it's 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 like the freaks and geeks storyline, right? Where it's like Sam starts dating Cindy. Right. And then he starts hanging out with the cool kids. Right. right. And that's more or less what happens to this kid in, in uh, the dirties. Like he gets the attention of the popular hot girl. Girl. And yeah. then they kind of start like coalescing him into their group and he starts growing apart from Matt. But I, I will say like when I say that I the only reason I'm, I won't say that I love this movie <laughs> is because it's a movie about school shootings. And that would probably be a little weird. Right. But. Like I, every flaw or everything that I thought was a flaw, I have found like an excuse that works for, for why. me. Yeah. So like I I love their relationship and I think it's a great example of a high school relationship. Yeah. And it just is. I, I think it's it's easy to say like why doesn't he talk to his friend about how weird he's being. But at the same time, like, I don't think high school friends would do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think they would have that conversation. Well, let's, let's address the found footage thing first. Okay. Because it is a found footage movie and found footage movies are notorious for, at least to me, are notorious for just not working conceptually. Like, I don't know outside of like the Blair Witch Project maybe the first paranormal paranormal activity mm-hmm. just the concept doesn't work because you know it's always like you got the doofus who's handling the cameras like whoa i'm filming you or what you know what i mean it's just right. like there's always a, a moment where it just doesn't make sense that they're filming this yeah. you know what i mean um what was the a cloverfield yeah is kind of like that yeah, yeah, where he's running through basically the ruins of a city. Right. They're like, like he's, jumping from skyscrapers. He's, right. He's, <laughs> but he's filming it. <laughs> up a precarious building. And he's supposed to be like the fat, schlubby friend. You yeah. know, if there's anybody who would not be able to do what they're doing with or without a camera, it would be the guy <laughs> right. with the big camera. It's this scrub, like, party dude. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. I would say on the surface, this the found footage for this movie does not work at all. Because like you said earlier, there's a scene where he's having this intimate conversation with his mom in the kitchen late at night. And the camera is like more or less like looking in through a window. It's, it's, so, like, it's so funny you say that. In my memory, I saw it a while ago. My memory, I put it into like... Oh, that was just an inside peek into his life that's not part of the found footage element of it. But I think you're absolutely right. No, it, 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 he does try and tell from scene one through the right. end. He tries to make sure that everything you're seeing is from the perspective of a, of a camera. Yeah, and even at the and end, and at the end, and at the end, especially when, you know, the movie ends with the school shooting. Now, 
there's only um, only it, it's not like this hyper violent thing. You know, only two people are shot ultimately, and the movie is set up by him going around like sticking GoPro cameras to the locker yeah. room to yeah. the lockers. And at first, I thought that's how they're going to do it, just throw, show it from that perspective. But it doesn't. It, I mean, it continues with the a kid, more a kid or less, like I guess his buddy is supposed his, to be filming it, right? So that concept just just doesn't work well, at all, I'm, right? I, yeah, and I am a huge fan of found footage films. I'll say that too. Even while looking at Cloverfield and all those other films and being like, that doesn't work, that doesn't hold up. Uh, Chronicle is another one. I still have just, I don't know what it is. I love the basic idea of there's one character manipulating this camera. I'm seeing it from their perspective. What am I going to see? And I'm mostly disappointed by them. And I agree with you that the the premise does not hold up in this. Um, but I still, to me, it doesn't ding it totally. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know what, I don't know. I think maybe it just is because maybe found footage movies are so intriguing just because like it's approaching this um medium that you're so used to watching in a certain way differently that you just want to see what they're going to do with it you know what I mean? but tell me what you think about this this is a theory that um i read i can't remember where i read it but it um it it may have been it may have just been a review of the movie okay but it is has since been the explanation that i've adopted for the found footage angle of the movie um, but I think, I think the movie starts off as a found footage movie and it starts off with him and his buddy making a, um, movie for school that they're filming with, you know, they've got buddies filming everything. Right. And then at some point throughout the movie, um, I'd have to watch it again to maybe pinpoint exactly where, mm-hmm. but I think at some point throughout the movie, it stops, it, 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 it transitions from something that his friends are actually filming to how Matt is now viewing his life. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so it's no longer found footage movie and it's instead. And I think the, the crucial scene for that argument is um, towards the end where he's standing on a cliff more or less. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And his, and he's, and he's talking about how awesome the shot would be if he did this and blah, 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 blah. And his friend is there with them. And his friend is just more or less constantly saying like, you're being crazy. Like we're not like, this isn't a movie. Nobody's filming this. That's this right. isn't being filmed. Right. And, and Matt is constantly saying like, what are you talking about? If, you know, of course we are or whatever. Um, and so I think that, and I think that also really plays into the, you know, this kid is mentally unstable aspect of it. That not only like satisf- satisfies my, the found footage explanation. Like I actually think that's a really interesting take, take on it. Yeah. yeah. But I, I wanted to I wanted to talk to you about how, it, like, what do you think the message of the movie is? Like, do you think it's a, it do you think it's a, not maybe not necessarily a condemnation, but at least a commentary on like movie violence, on, uh, you know, like like what is he saying about, what is he saying about school shootings? What is he mm-hmm. saying? Is he trying to say anything about it? What is yeah. he saying about maybe violence in media? Because his character is very immersed in, you know, raging bull and 
you know, Scarface and just like right. all things violent. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's interesting. I think he, he is saying something about violence, but I think more, more than anything, what I, what I appreciated again, going back to the idea of how people are taking this film negatively is the school shooting itself. Like you said, involves two students. That's terrible. That's awful. But it's not like this kid had this idea to do this film about school shooting and then ended on this ultra violent, you know, walking through the halls, mowing kids down. He's still interested in this character and how this character would react to this situation. And the character is not upset. He's not angry, like at people in general. He's upset at the dirties. He wants revenge on the dirties. Right. And so he seeks revenge on the two people who most kind of, um, you know, picked on him and his friend. And immediately after he shoots them, he goes to find his friend. Right. To tell him like, I did it. Right. Like we got them. And even, and even when he, he, he shoots them, he's like, you can tell he's thought it through because like, he's got his, his catchphrase and he's saying like after he like exactly yeah it, it's very um it's it's very targeted yeah and and i feel like no pun intended i'm sure right <laughs> yeah and yeah. uh but but i feel like you know with how he executes the ending that scene with his mother i feel like he's cluing you in to what his intention is with this film right and it's more than just an exploitative hey i got a a controversial idea now all we need to do is film this um but he he is trying to say something now is what he's trying to say like worthy of careful thoughtful dissection i'm not too sure if the film would hold up to us kind of like throwing it on the ground starting like piece through its innards you know mm-hmm. but what i got out of it was absolutely that there is a, an element for any mind right that's slightly off to attach to anything right so yeah. i mean the same way that people rail against religion you know or rail against violence in music lyrics and violence in cinema mm-hmm. i feel like you cannot make an extrapolating whole argument against those things. But do people latch on to these and turn violent? Yeah, we've seen it in all, all those spheres. We've seen, you know, uh, music uh, beget a violent culture. We have seen, um, you know, the, the the shooting in Colorado. The guy dresses up like Batman mm-hmm. and goes out and does the does Joker. A sh- or the Joker, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and, and does a shooting. Um, and religion, endless, you know, debates and criticisms about the, you know, violence that that has begotten on people. And I mean, I think it's a, it's a human, you know, kind of bent to be violent and these things can kind of prey on that, you know, um, in, in terms of art. Uh, but you know, is he saying something like, you know, by indulging in only this kind of art, it can produce somebody like Matt? I don't think so. Yeah. I think Matt is just a a broken mind that has fixated on these things and these things have given rise to his fantasy life and vice versa. Uh, But, I mean, I think he would have fixated on something else. 
you know, had movies not been been, been there. Yeah, I, I think yeah, I and I agree. I think it does a, I think it does a good job of and again, this 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 could be the argument of someone who just is so on board with the movie that they're explaining everything in a positive light, but I right. think it does a good job of of having, you know, this background of an obsession with movies be more or less a scapegoat. Now, and the movie doesn't explore any of this. Yeah, you know, there's no like there's it's no, just there. The movie ends with the shootings. It doesn't then go on to say like this crazed movie fan shoots. You know what I mean? Um, but it does go on to have its final title sequence. Did you see that? In yeah, the, in be the all form the of movie logos, right? Of, of all the movie logos, which I yeah. thought was was interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think I think the the movie does a good job of 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 putting movie violence at the forefront. Yeah. Uh, because that's what everyone always focuses on, right? But it has the underlying sort of warning signs, it through sort of scattered throughout the movie. So you know the scene where he's talking to his like, you know, a- as a parent, I understand. You know, if my kid were come up to me and be like, "Am I a psychopath?" You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, yeah. I, that could very easily be a warning sign. It could also very easily be your kid, just like your, you know, sort of eccentric kid exploring something. You know what right. I mean? Or um, joking. I mean, or joking. The, the, the right? kid's funny throughout the whole exactly, film. He's exactly. Funny. But then there's other scenes where it's like he gets frustrated with a couple people and he says, I'm going to come back to the school and shoot you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And again, because you've got this kid who's, who is a character who's way over the top, they're just. Ignore him. Yeah, and, and and I guess the last thing that I'll say is I I do like now that you that you say that how understated it is. Yeah, you know that that he kind of le- I think he did do a good character. I think he created a good character for that film. I think it's a character worth considering, uh, and it's something that I think does live in the mind after the film. So in that, I have to commend him. Uh, because he didn't just make a cardboard character and right. he wasn't just after one thing. It wasn't like, okay, I got the school shooting. Now how do we get there? Yeah. Like that wasn't his, his point in right. his perspective. And he is, you know, kind of portraying like, this is the way this character is. Are you going to blame movie violence? Okay. Then try and do that with this character. But yeah. he does not paint his character that easily as like, you know, there's no character at the end be like, he just loved violent movies so much. I mean, that's why he did this, you yeah. know? Uh, like we were talking about earlier um, of knowing what's going to happen or pretend, you know, I didn't know how the movie was going to end, but I knew more or less it was building up to something potentially. Like, I, I the movie's very funny, I thought at least. And mm-hmm. maybe not very funny, but it just is a... No, such I a, think it is. Yeah. It is. It, yeah, it's, it's such a good representation of like... <clears throat> you know buddies in high school and maybe that you can relate to that better if you're a guy right um but it's funny but at the same time like because i knew what it was building up to like i had a genuine sense of dread like growing within me throughout the movie and then after it had ended like i felt just this like huge weight on my chest for a good while after the movie was over um so it 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 did. It really affected me. But Re- really quickly, I've I've one other question before we end. I guess it ends with him going into a classroom where he finds his friend Owen, right, 
and who's terrified of him and owen is terrified right. and owen is trying to get out the other way but right. but that that door's been kind of blocked or barred mm. and uh matt is shocked that owen would would feel fear in right. any in any way yeah and is proud and happy of what he's done exactly he's more or less acting like our plan has come together and right? it ends on that scene yeah. right it just it ends abruptly is there any chance that Owen does not go along with it far enough to get Matt upset at him and Matt acts violent against Owen? Did you have any sense of that? I I remember kind of having a sense that, like, I just remember thinking, like, Owen just needs to, like, chill out and go along with this a little bit if he wants to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that's an interesting question. I didn't re- – I guess I didn't really think about it, but – I think given, like, I think like we said before, given their relationship and given, you know, sort of a high school relationship and given Owen's character, I feel like he probably would have, like, calmed him down or at least been, like, I don't know, like, at least, like, sort of placated him until he was restrained, until someone else showed up, you know what I mean? But I, I think it's... I think it is kind of an, maybe just an interesting, it just is, would be interesting to speculate, like, what happens next. Does he, like, continue to sort of abandon him in that scene to the point of where, um, what was his name? Owen? Matt? Matt retaliates. Um, that, that, I mean, that, that's what I was thinking. Because, I mean, one of the cruxes of the film is their drifting friendship. Right. And that does kind of help spiral Matt into this kind of further down this rabbit hole in his mind. He he loses, I think, you know, I think you could look at Owen as his, um, as his sort of, as his grounding. Grounding, yeah. Yeah. Um, And once he loses that, yeah, like you said, he starts to lose touch with, you know, what is real and, and what is just, you know, him filming himself basically that's right um so yeah you know like i said i would recommend it i think you would recommend it yep um so that's the dirties we will take a quick break and come back with what is trending on twitter Ready to talk some Twitter. Uh, so Keith, what what is what have you uh, what's trending on Twitter? Yeah, thank you. I'm in the uh, Twitter headquarters here and uh, <laughs> looking at what's uh, what's trending tonight. And um, I, I think uh, I've zeroed in on um, it, it's the number one on the list. Actually, it's hashtag bad prequels. Okay. Um, and apparently. It's uh, exactly um, like it sounds. It is bad prequels to movies. So it's so, like the titles like are just telling you, like it's a play on titles, right? It's a play on like movie names. Yeah, there's uh, snakes getting harassed by the TSA. 
instead of okay. snakes on a plane. Uh, there's some lady who doesn't seem to understand what the what the hashtag is, and it's strung together an assortment of words that don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would, I would, I'm looking at this right now. I would lunk, I would lunk, lunk. I would lump. I think lunk is appropriate for this person we're about to talk about. But I would lump Ricky Gervais into that group of people who don't understand the hashtag with um the the top the top the most favorite one on my list is Ricky Gervais's hashtag hashtag bad prequels can someone shut those lambs up That's not a you're just re you're just renaming the movie Yeah no that that makes no sense because I mean I guess noise of the lambs would be the prequel to Silence right. of the Lambs. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. He could have phrased it better. Yeah. Ugh. Um, how about, uh, oh my gosh. These are. They're terrible. These are terrible. Um, and man, Ricky Gervais is, is spewing these out like he doesn't have anything to do. There's another guy on here who's spinning it. Uh, Denarjay. Remembering Sarah Martin Marshall forgetting the Titans. He he doubled up on one. He had he had two so good he couldn't let them go. And he's just been blowing it up. History of the Falls. I mean, you know, like yeah. you said, it's it's they're renaming. They're not really doing a yeah, bad thing. Here's people. another renaming. Coffee and a stale donut at Tiffany's. Okay. That's like, wouldn't the prequel be like dinner at tiffany's like that's easy you know what i mean right and not funny like none of these are funny right well i mean i guess i just want to give it maybe five more seconds to to see if we can test that theory because there's got to be some reason why this would be number one trending item right now on twitter uh more than just people like renaming movies uh pebble balboa Uh, uh, maybe we need to get more to the source of this to find the good ones. Maybe this is all just played out. Yeah. But by, by, by the time these people are getting to it, by the time Ricky Gervais has gotten around to it, um, it's played out. Right. Look who's using protection. A lot, I'm also seeing a lot of people just naming movies that were prequels <laughs> that were bad. Yeah. <laughs> so do you want to throw one in uh, a hat in the ring? Do bad you have prequels. A, do you have a bad prequel? Not that I can think of. Boy, uh, no. <laughs> the first one that that came to mind as a as a film that you could parody would be Jurassic Park. So, what would be uh, the prequel to Jurassic Park? I don't know. Big Bang Park. <laughs> All right. Hashtag <laughs> bad prequels. That's all right. It's better than a lot of them we've read. Here's one that I kind of like. Hashtag bad prequels. The good, the bad, and the maybe he'll grow into his looks. That's not bad. There you go. That person put a little thought into that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all right. We should uh, we should uh, favorite. We should just we should search in this 
uh, segment until we find one that we actually like yeah. and favorite it. And yeah. that will be our uh, our good deed okay. for this segment. Let's see if I can if I can capture this. Nope, because my phone's on mute. <laughs> I'll just imagine a glorious sound. I favorited Release the Cracked One, who has been a member since March of this year and whose profile picture is still an egg. <laughs> so apparently they just jumped on recently. They saw this. They're yeah. like, I got it. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. Maybe they're waiting for their, their time to strike. <laughs> right. I've got some that I've saved throughout the week, though. Okay. Um. Let's get on it. I'll do the most recent one first. So Dunkin' Donuts is trying to get this hashtag to trend for Mother's Day. Oh, yeah. And I just, it's just, I, I haven't seen anyone like make a fuss about it, I guess. Um, and there's not much of a fuss to make, but it just is like kind of like one of these what are they thinking moments. It's so Dunkin' Donuts, let me, Dunkin' Donuts is trying to get something trending for Mother's Day. So they trend, so their hashtag is hashtag Mom's D-Day. <laughs> like, Mom's that's D-Day. terrible. Like, D-Day is like, you know, the day, the military term for like an invasion. <laughs> like, how is that supposed to make anyone feel good about Mother's Day? Right. Like a battle. The yeah. battle. The battle of yeah. Mother's Day. Yeah. I saw that earlier. <laughs> that was either earlier today or yesterday. Um, but another one that I found, and these these tend to pop, pop up at least like once a week on Twitter, I've found. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Kentucky Derby was last week, right? Yeah. Um, so last week, uh, I was checking Twitter earlier in the morning. And this one hashtag led into a snowball of like other <laughs> hashtags, but it's hashtag liberal racehorse names. And like I said, there seems to be some sort of like conservative contingent on Twitter that gets like some sort of like liberal bashing hashtag trending at least once a once week. Once a week. And the one thing I, I you know, I'm going to re- re- remain politically agnostic mm-hmm. in my life. Right. And on this podcast. But the one thing I will give conservatives is they have really good nicknames for liberals. <laughs> like, liberals are pretty bad at it, but conservatives are great. Right. So some of these that I saved, let me find them real quick. Um, I wonder what the success rate they, they have of getting these trending. Oh, like, I'm telling you, it's at least once a week. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how many times they put it. I wonder if their success rate is like 100%. It's like... Everything we put out a week is getting, you know, traction versus, you know, uh, breakfast cereal names for liberals. Yeah, that didn't right. really work. Yeah. There was one trending today or yesterday. I can't remember what it was, but, you know, it, it, it's at least once a week. So here and I'll, I'll, I'll first I'm going to read you the liberal ones. And then, of course, after a while, um, hashtag conservative racehorse names started to trend. Right. Right. So and you're going to do a compare. Right, and then it was like after that it was like black racehorse names and then it was like white race you know what i mean it just yeah. snowballed terry but anyways was terry one of the white racehorse <laughs> names maybe yeah I, 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 like i said outside of the liberal like i don't know what it is but for some reason i just find the nicknames that conservatives give liberals to be so hilarious and so stupid <laughs> but anyways so here's some of the liberal racehorse names uh feelings self-esteem yeah. everybody wins uh, free stuff, participation trophy, and then this one I oh I don't know I'm sorry 
Uh, hashtag liberal racehorse names soy biscuit. Right? That's pretty good. Um, hashtag liberal racehorse names slobber bucket. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Just seems like a funny name for a horse. It's just name calling, right? It, exactly. Slobber and bucket. that's what I like so much about it. It's so childish, right? <laughs> and it's like slot. That's just like a mean name for a horse, right? Like, I don't see the liberal tilt to that at all. Yeah. But anyway, so this is what the cons- this is what the liberals came back with. With hashtag conservative racehorse names. Get ready. Right? Green eggs and ham. Hmm. Which I don't get it. Like, I don't follow politics that closely, but that does not make any sense to me. Okay. Uh, Sarah Palin is smart. Mm. Yeah. Thumbs down. Destroy America. Uh, that could go either way. Uh, the, the bridge lane closer. Right? Like, none of these are funny. Uh, yeah. Right? Like, I'm not saying the the conservative, the liberal racehorse names are accurate, but they're at least funny. There's a slobber bucket down right? there. Exactly. Uh, Rush Lambo. Uh. You know what I mean? Like, they're so bad. And I'm not like, I didn't go through and purposely pick the worst ones. Right. Like, those those were just... par for the course. So, that's something that I, that, you know, for, for whatever reason, however inept... You may think conservatives are. I'm here to tell you, they have got their Twitter game like down, down. pat. Like if they could just apply that to the rest of their uh, party, they might. They, you might have, have a something. contender. Yeah, they, they they'd have something. I think you're. I think you're onto something there. Yeah. Now all I'm trying to think of is like what I would put as a conservative in a liberal horse name. Yeah, I was actually going to enter one because. But I didn't. But there's a uh, there's a website that I found that, or I, there was a page on a website that I found um, a long a while ago. I don't know why I was searching for this, but I did a search for um, T. I did a search for uh, I googled T party nicknames for liberals, <laughs> and I found just a web page just full of nicknames that they use for liberals. And one of them that I found that I thought was really funny, and I still use to this day. Um, is uh, Ding Dongers. <laughs> Ding Dongers. So, that was going to be my liberal horse name. I don't know what it means. I don't know why that applies to liberals, but I think I, it's I funny. Would, I would have loved to, if you had told me during the Kentucky Derby that that was going on, to start my own like hashtag trend and like really gone after Ross Perot. Yeah. You know, or like some other kind of third candidate. Who's Ralph not Nader. Even, Ralph who's yeah, but but make it a guy who's maybe not even in the running anymore, but just act like I'm a guy who's just so pissed off still yeah. at Ross Perot that I just I'm co-opting this. I wonder if you know both sides would get on me. But yeah, lay off, dude. This is a private war. <laughs> yeah. Someone just called me slobber bucket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and can I say really quick, I'm I'm disappointed to be looking at this list and I don't see anything for Survivor, which is on tonight, mm-hmm. right? I don't and I don't see anything for the playoffs, which is on tonight. And like usually especially with the playoffs, which have been crazy, they've been trending like every night. America has moved on. I Justin. guess so. It's all bad prequels. We're and, on to bigger and uh, better things. And the premiere of Catfish, <laughs> which I guess is premiering tonight. <laughs> so, well, that's Twitter. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we will discuss last show's recommendations of Monument Valley and Hearthstone.
show, I recommended that you check out two iOS games, Hearthstone and Monument Valley. And you did. Um, so why don't you tell me what you thought of either one of those? But before you start, I should say, I half-hearted, Hearthstone was a half-hearted recommend mm-hmm. because I hadn't played it much. And in the two weeks since we recorded, I have literally not played it once again or even considered playing it again. Okay. Um, well, let me start there then. Yeah. Because I'm slightly addicted to Hearthstone. Really? Really. And part of that is my is my nature. Yeah. In the sense that it's a card game that you win more cards by by leveling up, mm-hmm. right? And you have all these different characters. And for whatever reason, and I can honestly tell you I don't really care about it, but then I secretly do really care about it. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> I want all the cards and I want yeah. to like level up the people right. and I want to like find different ways of playing different people. And I think the game itself is kind of it, it there there are a few holes in it where it is kind of one strategy is basically like the checkers move of not moving your back right. pieces where you yeah. like the first person to play a card is probably going to lose. Yeah. You know, because then you can react to somebody. If you're the one reacting to them, then you have the upper hand. And a lot of it is just based on the cards that you draw, right? Yeah. You you have a string of bad cards and there's nothing you can do. And then, you know, game over. Yeah. So I, I don't know why I feel like it's a poor, poorly designed game that keeps me coming back. Because I'm like, I'm going to figure out this poorly designed game. Yeah. And I'm not somebody who can easily just kind of walk away. So yeah. I've been finding myself like with things on in the background i'll just slightly you know just reach over for the ipad Uh next thing i know i'm playing i'm engaged in a game of hearthstone and i can't say that i take a lot of enjoyment and games crash and there are a whole bunch of other issues with it but the fundamental kind of carrot at the end of the stick of there's more that you haven't seen there's other cards there's other Mm -hmm. people or whatever I keep going like a fool, mm. thinking I'm going to get that carrot and it's going to taste awesome. Right. Uh, Which, and I know. Let's be honest, carrots are disgusting. <laughs> right. Right. Especially if they've been hanging out in the air on a on a <laughs> rope okay. for a while. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not. Uh, I I actually, you know, I can't complain hmm. in terms of a recommendation. Well, good. Um, but Monument Valley is something that I think I'd like to talk a little more about. Yeah, and I, I would say with I think with with Hearthstone, I think it for me it is purely uh, an, avail- an an availability issue. If it were on my phone, I know that I would be playing it nonstop. But because right. it's only available on the iPad, and I don't right. typically have an iPad with me, and I right. don't really use one period like i use my phone and that's it like if there is something i was going i would do on an ipad i would just do it on my phone right um so that's probably the only reason i don't really play it but but uh monument valley like i said last week is a game that i picked up I, i played in one setting i beat it in one sitting and i never i've never played it since but i did absolutely love it and i yeah. thought it was it was just for some reason, it just is like it looks great. The sound design is great, yeah. And it's just as a as a puzzle game that does a really good job of like, like I said last time, there was a moment I can't remember when it was now, but there was a moment where I was like, 
it just like totally sucked me in. And, yeah. it, and, and it sort it starts off very rudimentary. Right. And you're like, this seems very simple. And then there's a moment where it's just is like everything expands and you're just like, wow, like there are almost endless possibilities now with this game. Right. And I, I feel like for me, the game never was about the puzzles themselves. Mm. It was about the design and it was about the story. I never found myself like with a game like Braid or something where I was truly stumped, where I was yeah. truly yeah. like, I need to walk away from this game and come back at a later time. But I don't think that that was their, their intention. I don't think yeah. that was their goal. I think they wanted to show you something of amazing design. And there are a few levels on this that are just mind blowing. Like yeah. the, like the box, mm-hmm. which opens mm-hmm. in kind of like three or four different ways mm-hmm. to reveal different. And you're moving throughout that whole box. Right. Um, and, and then the storyline itself too, I think is the, it's the focus as well. Mm-hmm. And, the, and it's a melancholy, it's, it's a pretty kind of um, effective story, I think. Yeah. Um, and so I ended up, you know, really enjoying it, never really encountering a puzzle that really left me yeah. scratching my head. But, and, and sometimes too, with the, with the functionality of where you point to where you want them to walk, if there was something that you couldn't see, because a lot of it is based on perception, mm. I would find that more than manipulating a puzzle, I would sometimes touch a button first. And sometimes, like, especially towards the end, like, there's one in particular where I was, I was like, I really don't know where to go with this. I pushed the button. She just walks right to it. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, because it's all perspective. From yeah. where I was looking, I was seeing obstacles. Right. But she could walk right underneath them. And yeah. so, you know, there, there are little reveals like that, too, where I think, you know, they're saying, like, this isn't just about puzzles. Like, look at what we designed, you know. Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad that you, uh, I'm glad that you liked it. And it was, I think it, it's like four bucks, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it's $4. I think it's, you know, worth, worth oh, it. Oh, I, I totally think, I mean, like you said, the sound design is amazing and, and the, and the actual design of the game yeah. is mind boggling yeah. and it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's something, and it's, and it's relaxing, I think, which is something else that I, I think puzzle games maybe should think more about being yeah. more than like. Oh, we're gonna frustrate the crap out yeah, of you. Yeah, it it does. It has a great balance of <clears throat> of giving you a challenge, but at the same time, like it, like you said, it it's like weirdly relaxing, yeah. even though you are trying to figure out a puzzle. Yeah. Um, well, good. I'm glad you liked it. Uh, so yep. that's Monument Valley. Um, so uh, do you have a recommendation for me? Mm-hmm. Good. Um, my recommendation is to drink nothing but soda now for the next <laughs> two weeks and then let's see how water quenches your thirst after that yeah uh no my recommendation for you i actually just like you gave me two last time i, I toyed around with two uh-huh. and i've really debated um <clears throat> but i think both of them are tv shows okay one we've kind of talked about before but i think i'm going a different area sure and you, you'll have to tell me kind of what is workable for you. Mm-hmm. So here's a TV show that is on Netflix. Uh, it is called Rectify. And it is six, I think six episodes. Okay. Or seven. Um, and it is a show that I think really, 
kind of blew me away in a very subtle way mm. where all of a sudden before I knew it, uh, I was really sucked into this thing. How long are the episodes? Uh, each one. So it was, it played on Sundance channel, mm-hmm. I think originally. So I want to say that they're like, you know, 45 minute episodes. Okay. Um, and I have to warn you that there's a character named Amantha on it. <laughs> Not like Samantha without the S like, or Amanda, except with TH. Yes. Yes. It is a cross between Samantha and Amanda. Okay. But it's Amantha. Amantha. A man. Right. And this is a uh, an American TV show or? Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's from last year? Uh, yes, I, I do. Th- yeah. 20, 2013. Okay. And you know, they, um, they advertised it that it's, you know, like from, from one of the producers or breaking bad or whatever. Um, but it's that this kind of not, I guess, to- it, it, it's not like breaking bad. Um, but it's created by Ray McKinnon who, um, was on, Gosh, I, mean, I I tried to pull up his um his credits Ray McKinnon, but I think he was on Deadwood, and um, yeah, is he the preacher, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah what did so. I just see him in? Oh, I just watched him in something. Oh, he's in uh, Mud. Mud. Yeah, yeah. And and Ray, Ray McKinnon finally got to create his own show, and he made Rectify. Oh, okay. And right. I think he's a really interesting guy, mm-hmm. and I think Rectify. Now, specifically, episode five of Rectify, Mm -hmm. the first 15 minutes, I think, is some of the most bizarre, beautiful television I've ever seen in my life. Okay. So, uh, I guess my recommendation is the whole first series of Rectify. All right. And if you cannot get the whole series in, then the fifth episode... At least the fifth episode, because I really, really, really want to talk specifically about what your take is on the the first fifteen minutes of the okay. fifth episode. I'll watch I can watch the whole thing. Okay. All right, then that's it. My recommendation right. is the full series of Rectify. Oh good. All right. Well we will uh discuss that further on our next show, which will be probably around two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Um until then. You can do us a favor by liking our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash everything's interesting. Um, and we would like some feedback. Uh, you know, we get, or at least I have, you, you get feedback from people who you're close with. But, you know, let's be honest. You can't trust those people. They're not going to tell you if the show stinks can't or not. trust them right? with anything. Right. You can't. It's just you, you. And even if you can, you're always going to question yourself. Like, are they just being nice to me? Like, no one. No one's going to want to tell their buddy, like, "Hey, your show. Your the thing you're doing stinks." Justin, you know I, mean? I think our show kind of stinks. <laughs> so, if I can be honest. So yeah. So you know, go to our Facebook page. You know, give us some feedback. You can email us at everything's interesting podcast at gmail if you have anything to say, um, or even better, you can leave a review on iTunes. Uh, you know, just search for the podcast. We just are looking for some any kind of, or at least I'm looking for any kind of feedback. 
I don't want to speak for Keith. Maybe Keith wants to wallow in his ignorance. <laughs> but I That's want my middle name. I want feedback. So yeah, you know, just let us know if if you are listening to this and you are not one of our immediate family members <laughs> or someone we went to college with. Let us know what you think. And if you are someone we went to college with or our immediate family member, we appreciate the feedback. I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm just saying something unbiased or maybe even anonymous. You sound like a bunch of sour grapes. Would be appreciated. Um, you know, just, you know, you know, drop us a line. Hit us up. I don't, whatever the uh, lingo, lingo is. Lingo is. Uh, but until then, you can find us on Twitter. Keith, you're on Twitter. What's your uh, things come right? At things come right, and I am at Blizzard with nine Z's. <laughs> uh, if you can I change never your handle, I never. You can change it. Yeah, yeah. You should change it to B L I nine Z's <laughs> R D. Yeah, maybe. I just, you know, when I made that, I never thought I would ever have to explain to anybody what my Twitter handle is. Right. But, you know, I like it. I'm not going to change it. Now you're a hit podcaster. <laughs> yeah. Um, so until, uh, until uh, well, I guess we should say we're considering doing a uh, bonus episode about Under the Skin, right? We both saw Under yep. the Skin. Uh, so... You know, we could potentially do a whole episode on that, but we're considering just doing a quick discussion about it and throwing it up maybe on one of the uh, in-between weeks. So, you know, that's something you can email us about if you're interested in that. Excuse me. I'm sorry. (laughs) Or if you're interested in that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, until then, you know, uh, until then, uh, stay warm. Man, I didn't think of sign-off. <laughs> yeah, stay warm, even though it's almost summer. Uh, until then, uh, that, that's good enough. Until then. Until then.